I'm not the house of cards that falls down easily. Oh, I'm strong enough to handle what you throw at me. Welcome to Mental Health News Radio. I'm your host, Kristen Sunanta Walker. Just what are we going to discuss? The intimacy that is mental health. Let's continue to make it as comfortable as discussing brain health or heart health. This show has been on the air for several years and we have amazing co-hosts. And then we created a network of podcasters on mentalhealthnewsradionetwork.com, a place where every possible facet of mental well-being can be talked about openly. My show, after several hundred interviews, the format is this. Intimate, deep, funny, touching, sometimes uncomfortable, but always vulnerable conversations with interesting people. The goal is to have you, our listening family, many of you who have become my good friends, feel as though you are listening in on private conversations. Thank you for tuning in and becoming part of this amazing journey with me and now with our network of podcasters. Just knowing this podcast might be helping any of you realize you are not alone on this journey called being a human being makes doing this podcast worth every second. Hey listeners, I have an awesome guest with us today. Her name is Lisa Joy and she actually just joined Mental Health News Radio Network with her podcast that was already in existence, Widow Walking Forward. And you all know I have been wanting a show that covers grief for so long. I'm I'm so happy. Um, of course, this came together like kismet, as these things often do. So today we're going to talk to Lisa so you can find out about her show. Lisa, welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. So just so they get an idea, our listeners get an idea of how you found out about us, do you want to um, just give a little snippet about that? Of how I found out about you? Um, through my producer. Um, he did some research and he brought it to me and said, what do you think about this? <laughs> and it didn't take me long to say, uh, set, up, set up an appointment and let's go from there. And quite frankly, I think it took me maybe a minute or two uh, talking with you that it was a yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was sitting there going, I'm not going to push, even though I, thought, you know, behind the scenes, I was like, oh, I really <laughs> want this show on the network. So I'm glad that we both were feeling that. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, it, it just, it was, um, it just, it feels right. And when something feels right to me, um, intuitively, I just go for it. So here I am. And I'm really, really thankful and, and blessed that I could be here with you today and be part of the network. This is just a gift in my life. Fantastic. Well, tell our listeners a little bit about your background and what motivated you towards um, wanting to get into the podcasting world, because that's not a, um, an oft-taken leap especially in the field of mental health? <laughs> well, for me, my background, I've been in spiritual psychotherapy for 12 years and I've been working on myself. And as I've been working on myself uh, during this time, my husband uh, was diagnosed with colon cancer and passed approximately four years ago. Mm. And during this process, I was still working on me. And as I was working on me, all I 
kept feeling very strongly was this needs to be shared with many of how you can walk through grief and have joy at the same time. And I guess I didn't know that I really wanted to communicate more. And so I started a Facebook page called Widow Walking Forward. And from there, my sons were always talking to me about podcasts. And I listened to this podcast in the car. And mom, this was funny. Do you want to hear this? And, and, and quite frankly, we listened to podcasts right after my husband had passed mm-hmm. in the car um, when I was bringing my son back and forth to high school. And I was like, oh, this is kind of, this is kind of new for me. I'm 52 and millennials are always listening to podcasts, I feel. And it was brought to me by my son, quite frankly, and said, mom, what about a podcast? (laughs) And I said, well, all right. And this is how I started um, podcasting. It was just, as you said before, kismet, fate, and a venue where we could reach many. Right, right. And it's, you definitely don't have to be comfortable as a public speaker to do them because you're just sitting with that mic, but it still can be very intimidating. Yes, yes. (laughs) Even for today, I was like, wait a minute, because I'm a special educator and I I taught all day. And when I was driving home, like, wait a minute, I'm doing an interview for a podcast tonight. How does, how is my life going? So um, unbelievable, just interesting how life, uh, the trajectory can change in, in a minute. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. When I first started doing podcasting, I mean, I mean, it was horrifying. I was using a um, one of those microphone ear uh, plantronics things that ha- you put over your ears as a headset mic. I can't oh, even- a headset. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need a special education teacher today because I'm exhausted, but I, I was wearing that and, you know, those are notorious for the, you know, it's made for talking on the phone. So you're the mic piece is right next to your mouth. And so you sound like Darth Vader. And every time you talk, there's every intake of breath and you can hear. And um, I did that for a good year before my sound guy said, I think maybe you want to invest in a, you know, a real microphone. (laughs) (laughs) We all start how we start, but that was luckily eight years ago and a lot has changed in the podcasting world. So what have you found uh, in terms of, you know, first reactions from those closest to you listening to your show? Mm, Well, Positive reviews. Uh, very, very happy that uh, that this turn of events is going in in the direction that it's going, and teaching people how to listen to podcasts <laughs> has been <laughs> uh, has been a journey in itself. So that's been that's been really interesting. 
You mean telling them, you know, well, you got to download an app or yes. this is where you go yes. on your phone. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've had that too. And then I've had other people that have said, have you ever heard, this is years ago, you need to be on Stitcher. And I was like, what are you talking about? And I couldn't <laughs> figure out how to do it. And then I finally figured it out. Now, of course, you know, it's second, I could give someone instructions without even looking at a screen. But when you first dive into this, you're, you are in a kind of no man's, um, a no man's land for our age group. <laughs> you, yes, you are, you are so correct. And, and when I was, when I was doing Facebook lives, oh, you know, everybody's like, wow, this is great. You're talking and it's Facebook live. And they, they, they know how to click on that. But when, then when I decided like, well, we're going to do podcasts as well. Well, do we see you? No. Well, what is it? And then I, uh, been slowly explaining it but I think that for the most part everyone that has been able to listen to the podcast understand how to get the app and listen I think the most that they're really intrigued by is the ability uh, to be authentic and transparent and listening with like you're really telling this Right. This happened to you and you're, you're sharing. I think that's the wonder of a podcast because you, you just be yourself and yeah. it'll roll. It's an interesting medium because you don't have to be as on as you do with live radio or radio in general. Um, that tends to be in a studio and you know, a terrestrial radio is just a different medium since podcasting is done from home, usually, not all the time, but oftentimes it is. You tend to just, you're, whoever you're listening to is exactly how they would sound if you met them in real life. Yes. Yes. And this is a brand new medium for me. You know, on a daily basis, like I said, I, I'm teaching special ed pre-K and you make one little joke or one little gesture, those kids are on the floor hysterically laughing and you're getting the reaction right away. Um, and here I'm sitting with headphones on and a microphone and I have a topic and I'm, I'm always thinking to myself, when I have the topic, is it going to be enough time? And it's amazing that all I need is a word. And when I, when I see a word or what the topic's going to be, the story just starts to come. Absolutely. And I think that's the that's the gift of podcasting that we could get our our message across quite quickly and streamlined and with uh, positivity and authenticity. Absolutely. How quickly after your husband passed did you start the podcast? Three years. Approximately three years. Okay, three years. Tell us a little bit about what you're comfortable sharing. Actually, you're probably comfortable sharing it all, but those stages of grief that people talk about, um, I understand them not from a husband passing, but from my stepfather who I was extremely close to, and he passed about the same time frame ago as your husband. And uh, it's a... Wearing that coat and walking around with your feet encased in that concrete uh, in varying ways is makes just daily living that all that much more difficult. So 
Can you tell them, tell our listeners a little bit about that process for you? The process for me, well, my belief is, as I mentioned earlier in the interview, was through spiritual psychotherapy and my my strong belief in mental health really, really, really guided myself and my sons to a place where we could stand with more clarity, more wisdom, and more strength than I thought that I could have ever stood after he passed. The grief uh, still still comes around, mm-hmm. and it's amazing the amount of time, moments, and years where it brings you from that first day, that first morning, and if I could share just a little bit about that first morning. Absolutely. So... The night before my husband passed, the nurses at hospice, because he was in hospice, hospice for five weeks, they looked at me and they said, well, you know, he's a relatively young man. He was in his late 50s. And they said, well, his, his heart is strong, Lisa. He, he could be, you know, um, not passing for a while because his heart is strong. And Kristen and I looked at them and said, I want to thank you all for taking care of him. And I'm very, very blessed that you uh, hospice nurses are by far the most caring people you'll ever meet. And I looked at them and I said, thank you very much. And they were like looking at me like they weren't going to see me the next day. Well, through intuition and intuitive power that I've gained over the years has helped me through the grief because at that moment I could actually hear some little voice in my right ear saying he's going to pass tonight. Mm. And I could, I could feel it and I, and, and hear, and I, I looked at them again and I said, thank you. And I went home. And that morning, I woke up about 5, I think Doug passed about 4.45, 4.50, and I woke up, and like, he's gone. I could feel it. Mm. And that morning, I had a decision to make. My brother called because he was with my husband that night, and he said, Lisa, do you want to come down and, and, you know, give Doug another hug or and Kristen, I, I tell you again, this is what I heard. I'm okay. You stay with the guys and be with them. Mm-hmm. You've seen me. You've been with me. We've shared all our words. I'm okay. I told my brother very politely on the phone, I'm going to stay here with my sons. And we're just going to be together. I woke them up. It was early in the morning. We cried on the bed. So I'm 
So this is the palpable grief, right? Right from the beginning. And I looked at them and I said, what do you want to put on the television? I clearly remember this sitting on the bed. And my two sons, the office? What do you think, mom? And we hugged and we cried. But because of this work that I've been doing on myself, it wasn't, it wasn't, oh my God, oh my God, oh my uh, It was almost a little bit more of a peaceful state. And not more than three hours later, I went by myself to the funeral home. And the funeral director looked at me and said, do you have anybody with you? And I said, no. I said, this is between my husband and myself. Hmm. And he's like, okay. He's like, you're making all these decisions, right? Yes, I am. And I proceeded. So when you ask about grief, the, the understanding gets clearer as we know ourselves. And for, for me, it's, it's been a journey, but it's given me at least this ability right now in this day to speak with you. Because if I didn't believe so strongly about mental health, I believe at this juncture, I probably might still maybe not even be able to, let's say I did a podcast that, uh, about saying your loved one's name. Right. Because I grew up in a space where after someone died, no one really spoke of the person that lived. Right. Because nobody wanted to go there. And to go there will help you heal. So grief has taken many forms for me. But I think it's a knowing now that we can have joy and grief simultaneously. And it's not that you don't miss them any less. But it's to know that in this day, we are here. And what our loved ones want for us is to live. Because it's almost this chapter, right? All these chapters in our book. And I still have to kind of like, it's kind of almost like a, a jokingly pinch myself and say, what are you, are you, are you, really making a podcast on widow walking forward. Hmm. And well, yeah. And when I hear the word grief, I can go back to the days where I was crying uncontrollably in a shower, but realized that I can cry, but I'm going to keep going. Right. Because our moments are so short and every moment that we go to the past, we don't have our present. And that doesn't mean that my heart does not ache. It was a, it was a blessed life um, being married to, to Doug. And, but what he, there, was, there was a really cool moment that we both had 
when he was in hospice and he looked at me and I looked at him and it's almost towards the meaning of grief to some extent. And he said, you're taking a new journey and I'm taking a new journey. And I just looked at him, he goes, and I know what you're going to do now. And I cried. I said, but you're not going to be here with me. He goes, well, maybe not here, like because we, we both believed, maybe not here in the physical, but, and for me, I know, there's a knowing, there's always that place in, in my heart for him. Right. So, yeah, grief is many stages. Yeah. Yes, it is many, many stages, and it morphs into different things. I always, you know, have done shows on forgiveness and grieving and all these different things that can have words like forgiveness can be actually triggering words for people. You know, they take it, that that word is so overused in some ways. Um, the beauty of what it actually is can get watered down in what, how many labels we've put on it. Yes. And grief is another one of those things too. Uh, I always tell people, listen, um, it, you don't stop grieving. It just changes. It mutates into different things mm -hmm. with more time. Um, so there is no getting over it. Mm -mm. No, we're, we're always moving through. And I think one of the toughest things is when you're in a space where that almost the memory of a circumstance or um, you drive by a place where you went together or a song comes on the, on the radio and it takes you back to that time. And like, for me, I want to go right to, ah! and I have to almost change the wiring. Well, I do. I change the wiring in my brain to say, this is where you are and be with the people that are here right now. And uh, for both my sons, we have, we have worked diligently on that. Uh, for, for example, like on holidays, what do we have a plan? Because if, yeah. For us, if there's no plan, you just kind of like, you could wallow, right? And, and just be in, in, the, in that, the, it's almost like a pool of grief. But if we have a plan, perhaps we'll go to the movies on a holiday and then we'll see family. But I, I take it in pockets per the day. And it's just another day because spirit knows no time. Right. How has it affected your manner in which you do your everyday job? Grief? Mm-hmm. My everyday... Well, I have the joy of working with three and four-year-olds on a daily basis. <laughs> and it, I worked pretty much right away, right after Doug passed, because it kept me in the flow of life. And working through grief with little three and four year old special ed little guys, they keep you on your toes. They make you laugh. They bring <laughs> a new life to your every single day. 
And there's probably not one day that goes by that I am not laughing so hard. <laughs> and I can, I totally forget that I was in grief. And I, and I, and that's the key right there is the key to journeying forward because I could have opted to not go back to work. I really could have opted to say, well, uh, I'll do something else or maybe I'll take some time off. No, I knew I had to get right back in and, and bring joy to others as well as to myself because I feel that I would be doing a disservice to a man who brought joy and, and love to others when he was here in the physical. So for me, it was, it was a hand, it was a hand in hand, uh, not only also, um, working is really good because it does bring cash flow into the home. So that's a good thing. Right. Uh, so that's, but I tell you, there were mornings right after he passed and, and I went back to work and I'm very thankful to have a, a really, really great best friend and family support as well. But I don't think there was one morning that when I was going to work that I, that we did not chat in the morning because, you know, the tears were right, you know, they're, you know, you know it, it's, yep. they're right behind, you know, the, the cornea, they're like right, right there. And even if I let it out, I got myself together and I went into the building because I know being in service helps grief. Absolutely. It's not an isol. It's not good to isolate in in grief. Even though, gosh, that feels like what you really want to do. I mean, there are moments you need to do that, but to stay there is really, really probably one of the most challenging things that you can keep yourself from doing. And and, and Saturday and Sunday mornings were always, and still are. I still work on them because in my mind's eye, it was always thinking to myself, well, on a Sunday morning, there's, everybody is married. Everybody has somebody on a Sunday morning that they're doing, you know, wherever they're, they're going out to breakfast or they're watching their favorite program in the morning. And those were actually my, my toughest. And also um, 9.45 at night, because my husband Doug was like clockwork at going to bed at 9.45. And even if I wasn't tired, I would go to bed and, oh, well, he's going to bed and we'll, we'll spend some time together. And I actually had to get myself out of looking at the clock at 9.45 p.m. Hmm. and just move it, either go to bed earlier or stay up later. And right after he passed, I think I stayed up way past. I think my sons were looking at me like, why is mom still up? Like she's usually already sleeping. Because <laughs> I was trying to get out of that routine. You know, we get into routines with our loved ones. So yes, that's a big piece. Have you done some shows on that routine piece? Because that's huge and people really don't realize it. 
I think I've done pieces of of that. I know I did one show that I think it went a little long, but it was a really, it, I thought it was a fun show. It was really where after your spouse passes, where do you sleep in your bed? You know, like, are you in the middle of the bed? Are you still on the left side are you, or are you on the right side? And still three and a half years later, I'm still on the left side and I actually have to, I push myself to get into the middle of the bed because I can have the whole bed now. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, and you know, I had people like saying to me, that was a really good show. Although my, my spouse is, you know, he's, he's not deceased um, or she's not passed, but you know what? That's really interesting how we get into those, those spaces of where we're going to, what we're going to do and even driving. Like I was so used to being the passenger when we went somewhere that now I'm single and I'm driving and there's no one next to me on the passenger side. So it's very interesting of, of where grief can, where it shows up. Right. And that was another reason why I started the, the podcast was I was like, wait a minute, there are pieces that people do not talk about. And right. So I'm working on, on touching all those spots that people just don't even think about. Yeah, yeah. It's the, some of it I've heard, and I certainly experienced this myself, the things that you let go of because that person did those things as a part of your life. Uh, for me and some other people I've talked to, it's like you kind of sit back and go, I don't even know how to do, how would I do those things now? Yes, I did a relearn. <laughs> it's true. I did a whole show on um, pasta sauce. And when we first got married, neither one of us, he wasn't Italian. I'm not Italian, but he grew up with a stepmom who loved making, you know, sauce on Sundays. So I, I started to do it when we got married. And, and for years, I, I think I just did it maybe a, a few months ago. I made the homemade sauce and, and I had to work through that, you know, by the ingredients. And is that your lasagna and a listener's heavenly text message? You are correct on that. <laughs> <laughs> Solid. It was the lasagna and I hadn't made the lasagna. And then after I made the lasagna, you know, my, my son was like, mom, this is really good. And I gave it to a neighbor. This is really good. And then my parents, cause they used to come over when I made the lasagna and my brother as well. And they're like, we really missed that lasagna. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'll start making it again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Lisa, tell our listeners so they know too that uh, you've written a book. Where can they find it and what's the name of it? You can find it on my website and Amazon. And what's the name of it? Forever with Love and Smiles, Lisa Joy. Mm. I'm so glad that you're here and you're part of what, what we're doing here. You know I'm a huge mental health advocate too. So anytime you, you say those two words, I think I just get a hit of, yeah, this was meant to be. Thank you. And uh, this has absolutely been just another path on this journey that I'm grateful for. Mm -hmm. 
So to our Mental Health News Radio Network listeners, please tune in to Widow Walking Forward. You can go to widowwalkingforward.com or you can go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Uh, The list is long and mighty. Whatever app you use, look for Widow Walking Forward uh, so that you can tune into Lisa Joy's show. And Lisa, I'm honored to know you and I'm excited about um, seeing where you take this from today forward. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. (laughs) Thank you too. And listeners, we will tune in next time. We've got some wonderful guests coming on later this week. And thank you again for sticking with us all these years and for tuning into another episode of Mental Health News Radio. I know, I know, no one likes commercials, but seriously, folks, without the help from these organizations, we could not stay on the air. Please give a shout out to zencharts.com. If you're a mental health or addiction treatment center, you'll want to use their EHR. It's gorgeous, and they're just good people. And also MyGenetics, M-Y-G-E-N-E-T-X.com, because knowing your genetic code empowers your mental health treatment. And lastly, CopeNotes.com. We love getting positive messages right to our phones every day from Johnny Crowder. He's the lead singer of Prison, a heavy metal band sharing their music about suicide prevention, addiction recovery, and mental health. See, that was painless. Support them as they support us. Back to the show. Sometimes I'm passive aggressive, but never without good intentions. I heat up and act on my emotions. Thanks so much for listening to Mental Health News Radio. Our podcast can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and hundreds of other podcast apps. Or you can visit our website at mentalhealthnewsradio.com. If you have a question or would like to be a guest, become a podcaster on our network, or join the amazing organizations that help keep us on the air, please email us at info at mhnrnetwork.com. Get ready for that special goodbye from our resident therapy dog, Miles, and a special thanks to Emily Sohn for letting us use her incredible song, Cordial, for our podcast music. Listen to the full song on SoundCloud at emily.sonne. Don't be surprised when I don't hate on you. After all, we promised we'd be cordial. Sometimes in you, I can fight it. Good boy.